0: Welcome to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast for free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. I'm Anke Herman and I'm your host. There are millions of consultants and coaches who are really good at what they do, but they're not the charismatic guru types and they don't want to be. They love their work and all they want is a consistent flow of great clients. Clients who value their expertise who value who they are as people, and pay them well for it. My guest today helps them achieve just that. Welcome, Dove Gordon. Hello and welcome, Dov. How are you today? Okay. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming. And let's just dive straight in. Share with people where you're based and what's your business. What do you do?
1: So I'm originally from New York, a little city on the East Coast of the United States called Brooklyn, New York. And currently I live in Israel. So which is probably about the <clears throat> the whole country's about the same size as New York City, maybe even fewer people. And let's see, I mean I came here to study in nineteen ninety eight for six months, ended up staying a couple of years, got married here, and pretty much been here. Since then, of course, with some trips to visit, and but most of most of my business is outside the country. You know, I, I spent a number of years running around here, building up uh, something of a client base. I had a CEO peer advisory group for a while, with uh, CEOs of companies doing between ten and one hundred fifty, two hundred million dollars in sales. But at some point, I realized that having not really grown up here and not being really, you know, I didn't go through the army, I'd always be to some degree an outsider, at least, I mean, I, I don't know if that was the, and that, plus the fact that I came to realize that there are a lot of people who, like I was, uh, good at what they do, good consultants, experts, struggle to turn that into a consistent flow of clients, and I realized that, and you know, I felt like that was my calling. So after I'd spent a number of years struggling, I started to figure things out, I did figure things out, there's always more to figure out, so I'm mean, to say I figured it all out. But, but I figured out a, a lot more than most people who are not the charismatic guru celebrity type, but have a lot to offer and are looking to get ideal clients. And I shifted my focus overseas to, to, you know, to reach other consultants, coaches, small business owners, small firm owners, and help them create a consistent flow of ideal clients. And that's what I'm doing today.
0: Oh, fabulous. So I'm, of course, curious whether you knew right from the beginning that consulting and helping other people in that way, like, do you know right from the beginning, or how did you, how, does, how did this kind of work find you?
1: I, I wouldn't say I knew right from the beginning, although since age 13, when I discovered the business and self help sections of the library block away, I've been reading business books, marketing, public relations, management, all different types, self help, personal development. I think the first book that I discovered was Million Dollar Habits by Robert J. Ringer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's J. Robert Ringer, that's for sure. So that was uh, quite a book. And over the years, read quite a number of different things. And then at about age 21, 22, I was married and figuring out, okay, what am I going to do now? I I came across the idea of business coaching. I took a course to get some basic skills. You know. And and I don't think I even got the certification. I didn't bother because I didn't really think that that was what was key, was key for me. I I always knew that I could help. I lacked framework. I lacked a set of skills. I lacked a, a pathway. And that course gave me well, let's say it gave me a start. It pointed me in a certain direction. It gave me a start. It gave me a, you know first few tools in my toolbox. And over the years. Just refined, added to the toolbox. Got a bigger toolbox. Right? Uh, got more tools in this toolbox. Lots of experience. Lots of lots of successes. Lots of uh, failures, frustrations, disappointment. But all heading in a certain direction. And that's you know, I think that overall, one one thing I seem to be good at is struggling through something until I can really understand the, the kind of understand it at a deep level and then explain it, help other people see it in a more simple way. So that So they can avoid some of the uh, the frustration, and, you know this, we can never turn anybody else 's life into a, a uh, you know like a, a fantasy you know a perfect life we can 't take that everybody 's going to have to walk their path, have their pain, learn their lessons, yep. and of course we can 't do that for anybody else, but I also think that it 's our job to to learn from our own journeys and and use what we can to make it. A little bit easier, a little bit quicker, a little bit more elegant and enjoyable for other people.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I, I could not agree with more with that. Both parts. <laughs> the parts that, you know, you can't save people from making their own experiences, but also that it is like a calling or an, almost an obligation to to pass on what we've learned so that other people can make other mistakes but don't have to repeat the same ones that we've already gone through. Now, what I'm really curious about, so I'm just imagining you there like 21 years old, you know, <laughs> hello here, I'm a business coach. How did you convince somebody that you can help them build their business when you come there like at 21 years old, you know, so everybody would say, what do you know about business? What experience do you have? How did you pull that one off?
1: Oh, um, that's, that's a good question. And Part part of the answer is that, you know, you're always ahead of somebody. You know, there's always – there's nobody who has it all figured out. So the question is, who can I help, you know? What skills do I have? What is a problem that I can help somebody solve? What is a result that I can help somebody enable or enable for somebody? And that's where you start. So it's not about, you know, it's not about, oh, I have to put in all these decades of time until I've mastered everything. There is no such person. And honestly, that actually held me back for many years, is it's, you know looking around and seeing all these people who kind of strut around as if they figured it all out, they've got it all figured out. It took me many years, including getting to know many such those such people, to know that actually none of them have it figured out, not one. Now, they have pieces of it figured out, and that's the thing, is that we can all take the pieces that we've figured out and find others who are looking for those pieces, and that's essentially what I did. It's, it's still what I do. Now I've got more pieces than ever, but nobody has all the pieces, and we're all going to need to learn from different people. If not, then you'd only ever need one guest, and that guest would be very in demand and probably not available.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, very true. I mean, what where I'm getting at this is is that because I re- I remember friends who were like you know. The, they looked really young right and then and but then they, they ended up having a sort of a fairly senior position in a company and constantly struggled with that not being taken seriously right and sort of being younger than other people might expect somebody to be for you know in a particular role is one example you know somebody else might be older or or, or in other ways different from what somebody would expect which you know, where you would expect it might be more difficult to get that first client, especially when you haven't got a, like a track record or, or, or a whole uh, list of past clients that, you know, can help you get the next one. So who was the first person who hired you and how did you f- find them? I,
1: that's a great question. I don't remember who the first person was, but I do remember how I got my first clients. Uh, so I was in Jerusalem at the time and the, somebody, Brought Dale Carnegie courses to Israel at that time. Uh, I think it had been decades before, but it was just brought back. And he was putting on this uh, his first course in the uh, the famous King David Hotel, which was nice and elegant. After that, he moved someplace a lot cheaper. But the first course we had in the nice King David Hotel, and that's a it was a I think it was a it's a twelve week course. I think four hours a week, once a, once every a Thursday night. I think it was four hours. There were 41 or 42 people, and what I remember is that by the end of that, 14% of the class were my first clients because every week, everybody's getting up and giving a talk, and, and you're, you're sharing something about yourself. You're, mm. you're being vulnerable, and that works both ways. It, it, just, it really helps to create and build relationships. I, remember, I just remember now, one of the people in that course was a um, nephrology, head of nephrology at a major Jerusalem hospital, one of the two or three major ones and he became a client actually probably for a year or two maybe longer i don't remember uh, you know I, every now and then i hear from him since then he'd say i still use what what what, what you taught me to do and so on and that's you know, that's that's fantastic actually because here's a guy you know obviously mm. a doctor more degrees than i have you know I've been around the world running a, an important department in an important hospital and there are things that we did Years before that he still uses that he still finds helpful, so you know the question I asked myself at that time was like, okay, how can I get in front of english speaking business people locally? How can I find them? how can i mm. didn 't even know where to look i didn 't even know anything about it like, i didn 't even know what a business really was because I'd never had a real job. It probably would have helped me if I'd had a real job. you know if I'd worked for someone else for a few years, mm. well whatever it didn 't happen that way, so you never know what would have been. I can certainly see. I would have better understood certain things. Uh, I guess, of course, you know, it very much would depend on where I worked and for how long and on what I did. But uh, there are certain things I probably would have understood much better and maybe learned more quickly. Um, on the other hand, you know, I, 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 you know, I tend to see things a little bit differently than many people do, and I, I like to think that's an advantage. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that would have been hammered out of me to some degree if <laughs> I had had a real job. So now I can, I really look at everything from a fresh perspective, from the point of view of okay, what are we trying to accomplish, and what are the options for getting there, and what are the you know the relative uh, risks and advantages of each one, and let's figure it out, and they take the next step, figure it out along the way. So, but you know, the question was like, well, how can I find such people, and, and I heard about this course, and that's that's what I did. that led that led to a BNI group afterwards, and another networking group, which is where I got some additional clients, and then you know. Over time, at some point, I was actually connected to a member of Knesset. That's like a, you know, a, uh, that's the, the parliament. A relative is, uh, was, I heard was going to meet somebody about, you know, one of their, the members of Knesset working on a certain legal project. And I begged to come along. It took me along. And I, for six months, I hounded that, that same member of Knesset for a meeting of my own. And so uh, eventually I met with him. And he, he gave me a book. It was the Dun & Bradstreet book of you know, the largest companies in Israel, the 1,000 largest companies. Now, the 1,000 largest companies in Israel, a lot smaller than, America, mm-hmm. you know, let's say, the United States. But you know, there were, at the time, there may be $10 billion companies. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what it is today. But, and, you know, and, and then he's like, look, you know, look through this book. And if there's anybody in here that you want an introduction to, just you know, let me know. I'll make an introduction. And looking back, I'm not really sure what he saw in me that made him willing to do that. Uh, he flipped to some of the, P, you know, the CEOs of the uh, largest companies. Like, you know, I know him. I know him. Like, just let me know if you want an introduction. And I was thinking, I don't even know what I'd say to these people. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what. A little bit too big for what I needed. But, but then I used that book, which I eventually returned to him. But I used that book as a way of finding companies doing between 10 and 150 million dollars in sales and I started cold calling them and I created a CEO peer advisory group mm. for those CEOs and that was uh, that became that that was you know that was a great experience for me that led to some strategy projects and, and similar it led to some paying members that was something I, I worked on for several years but ultimately I I left it when I realized I was I was working too hard for, for too long, for not enough, I, you know, and that was also coming closer to the point of transition where I started to realize what I, you know, what I had missed out, like what I would missed, what I was doing mm. wrong. And it was within, a, you know, I don't remember exactly, I don't remember what years, months, dates exactly, but within a couple of years, I would pulled, my, pulled, pulled myself together and, and shifted to focus outside using the internet to reach people.
0: Yeah. But to what I'm hearing, and and it's, you know, very congruent with with my experience of our, you know, how we got in touch. Like, you knew right from the beginning that the gold is in relationships with other people, didn't you? You didn't seem to have gone through um, the detour of let's just find a funnel that does it all for me.
1: No, I, I well, I had that came later. I had those detours because you know I. I always tend to, you know, I, I think I'm guilty of this, and I think most people are guilty of this. I tend to underestimate myself. There are some people who overestimate themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so confident, so certain. I have the, you know, I've got self doubt, I question myself too much, mm-hmm. and I, you know, so I definitely went through a number of years where this funnel, that funnel. I have some kinds of funnels in place. We certainly do. I've dabbled with you know, Facebook ads probably on three separate occasions. And enough to understand what it is. Hmm. Enough to understand that if I want to master it, it's going to be a full-time thing. And I don't want to do that full-time. Enough to understand that if I want to hire people to do it for me, I'm probably going to burn through tens of thousands of dollars finding the right people that I could actually trust to get the results. Because they're most people are not that much better than I will I would be and I'm not particularly good at it so and that's also from conversations with many people and also from understanding that, that they change their algorithms on you know anytime they want and and suddenly what work doesn't work I, I have a friend who was spending i think you know mid mid six figures a year on facebook ads and suddenly it shifted and it stopped mm-hmm. working and then he spent about six hundred thousand dollars over the next year trying to get it to come back working th- with three different agencies nobody can get it to come back and eventually he had to he just you know completely had to change what he does mm. fortunately I think you know I think he figured something out but not with Facebook ads more with joint mm. ventures uh, along the lines of what, what I eventually was doing uh, or I, not eventually I was doing that from pretty much from the beginning so and relationships and that's but the relationships definitely has become the focus. You know, I think of uh, what is it that we do? I help good consultants get ideal clients consistently through leveraging relationships by becoming what I think of as the under-the-radar leader in their industry. Most people never heard of me, but there's a really good chance they've heard of some of the many people in, in a, a network that I lead. You know, a quite a number of them are much more well-known, um, and that's fine with me. When it, you know, because there are certain things that they come to me for. You know, and, 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 you know, and, and I'm, I'm not, I don't need to be the, the big face, you know, the face, the, the celebrity type. And most people are not built for that. It's not our personality. It's not who we want to be. And over the years, I've come to understand through, yes, going off and trying this and trying that. And I've, I've always felt that it's important that I test different things to understand, to be able to, you know, to help clients understand what they actually may want and don't want. Some people, Facebook ads is perfect for it, and it's still perfect for them. But more often than not, it's, you know, the various things people are doing, it's, uh, it's a distraction. And by having uh, dabbled in a number of them enough, it's, you know, I can sometimes help people figure out what's best for them. But my focus has narrowed over the last couple of years, especially over the last few months. I, I, got a, I purchased the domain ProfitableRelationships.com. Going Very forward, cool. we'll, be, uh, <laughs> we'll be branding more under Profitable Relationships Company. Very much about something that that you know that I've been doing for years and, and not properly valuing the uniqueness of what I've been doing, mm. and that is really like I said what I think of as uh, building what I call an alchemy network and using that as a way to become an, uh, an under the radar industry leader. That's the right way for most consultants, most professional service owners. people who tend to a new client is worth five thousand dollars a year. $15,000, $50,000, $150,000 a year, or even more, for them, the right way to do this, most of their clients come from pre-existing relationships, referrals of one kind or another, but it's not, it's not consistent. Mm. You know, they don't know where the next one's going to come from. They don't feel like they have, You know, once they get a client, they have a process for working with their client. They have a system. They know what to do. And what they desperately want is a process for finding those clients. And if they had a process, then they would have more consistency because when there's more consistent activity, there's more consistent result. So there's actually things, you know, the, the, there are actually things that you could do to generate introductions more consistently to the right people. You'll, ne- you know, I mean, you'll, as, as I gonna say, you'll never force someone to buy something at the wrong time but but of course there are times when people do that. they they pressure somebody they they fool them into making the wrong decision i'm not talking about that you don't you know we don't want someone to buy from us if they're not the right one and if it's not the right time so but but there is a lot you can do and that's just become our focus uh, at
0: this point yeah i mean it's 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 refreshing. It's, it's, you know, that no BS, you know, I think, I mean, that's why I've been on your list for ages. And there was, there was something, and I can't even remember when you said it in what context, but I've quoted that so many times that when you first start out, there is this time when you oversimplify things, you know, when it's like, oh, how hard can it be? And when if I said that I laughed out loud because boy, that was me when I started the sewing business, you know, what could possibly go wrong, you know? And then you sort of go into that dip where everything kind of like at the bottom of that, it's like everything looks way more complicated than it actually is. And then you've got like the two options out, either you fold in, you give up or you find that way to what you call true simplicity.
1: Mm. True simplicity. Right. Yeah, well, that was inspired. That was inspired by a famous quote that I heard from Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., who was a, a justice in the United States, I believe a justice. So, definitely a judge. And so he he said that he said I, I wouldn't give I wouldn't give a I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity, but I give my right hand for simplicity on the far side of complexity. And I was thinking about that, and I realized that yeah, I mean. We all tend to start what we're doing with the assumption that it will be easier than we think it, than it actually turns out to do, turns out to be. <laughs> we all assume it's, oh, I, I'm good at this. People need it. it. It shouldn't be too hard. And then we get started and then we very quickly get you know stuck in the, the swamp of over complexity. So we go from oversimplified to over overcomplicated. We suddenly find there are all these things that we need to do that aren't you know just to keep the business running that we didn't even realize. And then we all and the things that we thought would be easy are, are, are difficult, and most people never get out of that swamp. they get bogged down and they get stuck, they sink in the, in the quicksand and and they spur for as long as they can manage, and eventually they shut down their business or it's shut down for them. But those who push forward, those who they get the help that they need, they're committed to the end result they're committed to really showing up and arriving one day they're committed to the journey mm. they realize that it's not about the details and the difficulties along the way. It's really it's about me becoming the one who naturally causes the results that I want. And for that, you've got to constantly invest in, in your own coaching, your own consulting, your own support. You've got to become the one who naturally causes the results that you want. And oh, eventually, okay. eventually, you achieve mastery, not of everything, but of a few key things. And that's where you end up with true simplicity. And that's what I think Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. was talking about when he said, that I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity, but i give my right hand for simplicity on the far side of complexity. That's true. That's true simplicity. You know, real, you know Steve Jobs, who is well known as a great simplifier, you know, he talked about that also. And it's that they have to push through the complexity so that the user has the simplest gadget to use. But yeah. inside, the software, the hardware, most of us look at it and it's a complete mess. What a mess. Yeah. But there are people who look at that and they get it mm. because they've achieved that simplicity on the far side of complexity. It's the same thing with consulting and marketing and selling your expertise in your consulting. And uh, you know, and, and I feel like this also ties in with what I said earlier that you know, I, I've noticed that I, I seem to have the ability to suffer through something for mm-hmm. a period of time, sometimes yep. an extended period of time, <laughs> distill the lessons and to still the lessons you know because mm. that's the simplicity on the far side of that complexity and then articulate it in a way that other people can get it and they can avoid a lot of it and they could start off a little bit further further down the road than they would have uh, otherwise.
0: That's so true. Uh, yeah I love that and, and have you ever met anybody who didn't go through those phases? I, I don't think it's possible.
1: I mean mm. well I mean yeah, there are people who never get to the other side.
0: Ah, oh, that's true. Think, yeah, yeah. But Most I
1: think people never get to the other side.
0: Yeah, but, but, but nobody get gets, to the other gets side. without going through the swamp. And I think I that think is so. really where a lot of people. And I think that's also where my biggest pet peeve—that whole like, oh, you know, follow whatever and make six figures in six weeks. You know, they make it look as if you know it is as simple, and there is that kind of people get surprised by the swamp because there's all these expectations that, yeah, it's, it's going to be smooth and it's going to be simple, you know? And I don't know my experience and everybody I've spoken to in, you know, in, in, in my work and in the context of the podcast, like I've not met anybody yet who hasn't had a period of like, oh, geez, you know, that kind of, you know, when you sort a little, get stuck in the swamp for a bit
1: there are there are of course certain people and personality types that find certain types of things easier like there are some people who for them marketing and sale, uh, selling is is, an, is natural
0: yeah.
1: for them they 're going to find that marketing and selling is it very very well could be easy, but for them, other things will be difficult
0: exactly and
1: they will have those experiences they 'll have to make the same journey, but in other areas the yeah. problem is that that so many of us, let's say 90 percent. I, you know, maybe 10 percent of people are are good. You know, like their personality and values are such that they can put themselves forward legitimately. You know, with that celebrity model, hmm. but those maybe 10 percent, 80, 90 percent, we're not comfortable with that. And 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 sometimes you see people kind of putting themselves on their, out there on the internet as like these. And I don't know how, but we can all sense it. We can all sniff it out and say, here you just you're playing a wannabe game. You just wanna be like some some of these these people who are real. Now even they even they will get their followers. You know why? Because their followers, without full awareness, their followers can also sniff out that this guy is a fraud. But they don't wanna to have to this is my opinion, they don't want to have to do the work. They don't wanna to have to push through the complexity to simplicity on the far side of complexity. And they wanna believe that this guy somehow figured out a shortcut. So they will spend money with him. They will give him money, follow him in hopes that something's going to rub off on them and they too can have that. But what, what they don't get is that, you know, what, and this is something I eventually came to understand there. First of all, got, you've got to put in the growth. You've got to put in the pain and the growth. Nobody can do it for you. you know, in order for you to, be, to get what you want, you've got to learn certain things. But most of the things you need to learn, it's not information that you need to learn. You need to learn the lessons, the insights, the understanding that you can only learn through an experience. So, as a coach, as a consultant, sure, there are things that I teach people, there's certain information that I share. But that's not what really makes a difference. What really makes a difference for a client of mine is that I'm leading them through a series of architected experiences. Because it's when they go through their own experiences with some guidance. I can't do it for them because they have to grow. They're not going to grow if I do the work any more than I'm going to become a professional basketball player if someone else is shooting the hoops and doing practice. Oh, yeah. hmm. It just can't be. And it's the same thing with these less physical skills and ways of thinking. So, you know, I, I mean, that's just how I see it. Uh, We've got to learn to not look for the shortcuts. We need to look for leverage. You know, I think that if we're looking for shortcuts, so we're looking to avoid the lessons that we most need to learn what we actually need to do is say, okay, who can help me learn this lesson in the mm-hmm. deepest possible way? Of course, fastest, we don't want it to draw out any more than necessary, yeah. but with a sense of urgency, not rushing through something. There's a distinction between the two. You know, there's rushing, trying to get something to go faster than it's meant to, and a sense of urgency, which is you're not going to allow things to take longer than they need to. And, you know, and, and, you know I also came, I started to, to allude to this, but as I see it, and I came to see this over time, there are two main ways that that people become you know can thrive as experts consultants and so on but one is what i call the path of the charismatic guru and the other mm. is the path of mastery and so many people are walking down the path of the charismatic guru because they never heard of the path of mastery all mm. they see is these celebrity gurus saying you know you can do what i did and you two will have to do this.
0: What, what i did what yeah exactly mm. what they
1: what 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 the guru could never teach though is the personality if you have a different set of Of values and a different personality. If if you're not, if if their dream is not your dream, if your dream is something else, but you know, and you're not open and honest about it, you will discover what your dream really is. But you know, not before you end up kind of bruised and bloodied from trying to follow someone else's dream. And we have to be really aware and comfortable with these things. We have to be, you know, you know. I, I see it. It's very much about freeing ourselves to to just show up every day and be our best. Just today, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, there's a, there's a famous quote attributed to Churchill, although it's, it's questionable if he ever actually said it. But he said that success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. How <laughs> about that? That's myself, hilarious. I love that, it. <laughs> what does that mean, that success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm? Well, you know, most people, when things don't work out the way they wanted them to work out, it crushes them. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. And we all feel that from time to time. And, and that's totally normal. What, what we can't allow is that it can't allow us, stop us from getting up the next hour, the next day, you know, yep. and doing our best. The one who's successful is not focused on, it, their success is not about the outcome. Of mm-hmm. course, they're striving and aiming for particular outcomes. But what matters more is the day-to-day of, of, of being their best today. Success is I woke up and I did my best today. I was who I could be to the best of my ability, If I did, regardless of what the outcome was. Because when you do that, you're, you're successful and you're enthusiastic. So you're successful because you go from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Because you're not allowing events that you cannot control to determine how you feel. Yeah. So that's just uh, some I uh, was reflecting on this morning.
0: Yeah, that's 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 gold. So, what's on the horizon for you, as far as we can have a horizon in <laughs> the crazy, crazy times? When what? What are your plans? What have you got?
1: We're recording this in, in the middle of the coronavirus, or I'd say you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's early or, or late. It's hard <laughs> to say, right? Who no. you knows? March twenty twenty. So, what's next? Again, we're, it's quite remarkable what is what's what's amazing is that you know several months back when i when i decided that i was going to slowly rebrand under profitablerelationships.com and and then we have this thing where currently i'm working from home i usually go out for an to an office 10 minutes away businesses are, are way too many are shut down the economy is, is going to is taking a massive hit i mean it's i don't know what, what this is all going to lead to Hopefully, it does not last very long. But interestingly, the approach that I've been teaching people to build an alchemy network, it's all online. Yeah. It can have offline elements too, but it's all online. It's all about you know, building relationships with the right people who either are ready to hire you now or will soon, as soon as things start to climb back. Because you know, fundamentally, I don't think that you know, we're in a bad situation it's just that we all have to kind of take a step back and just, our hands are tied for, for a bit of time. But I don't know that, that, you know, f- fundamentally, I just think that there's a, there's a strong spirit you know, around the world. People are able to do things that we can never do before. Technology enables our, our kind of our, you know, enables me and you to be doing this. Yeah. is interviewed in different countries. It's just amazing. And, and uh, you know, I, I would say that that people really need to to learn how to build an alchemy network. Uh, and you know, I'll, if I can, I just we put up a, a page with a a small training for free on how people can do that. Oh, that would be profitable. Wonderful.
0: Do you want to say the URL, and I obviously put it in the show notes, but I always quite like it spoken. And for those who listen in the car and don't actually sure. see the notes.
1: Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, it is profitablerelationships.com forward slash Anka, Anke, right? A-N-K-E.
0: <laughs> I've got my own, my own link. Very cool. Well, thank in, you so in much. Your,
1: in your honor. And over there, there's a short, very practical video. Actually, I think it's two videos. We're just walk through kind of what it's all about, a short overview. I think that's a five-minute video. And then on the next page, there's a 10-minute training, kind of just like this is what you need to do. Because we're not talking about rocket science. Mm. And it's something that people can choose to do uh, on their own or they can you know, get some help with it. They can join my Under the Radar Leaders Network, wonderful. Um, or they can do it on their own. And, and that's, that's that. But thanks for, for sharing that with people.
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming. It, it was so, there's just so much gold in here. <laughs> I've got to listen, listen to, yeah. to it myself a couple of times. And uh, yeah, uh, stay safe, and I'll speak you to you soon. Thanks again for coming. Thanks for having me. back. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you know people who might enjoy it too, please send them to passionbusinesspodcast.com.